Hello and welcome to a new feature we've got on the Mental Health Gaming Podcast called Deeper Cuts, where we take a longer look at issues around the video game industry, mental health, that sort of thing. I'm joined today by got Rebecca E and Rebecca K, but for the sake of no confusion, we're going to have Rebecca, who is Rebecca K, and Becky is Rebecca E. So how are you both doing? Good, thank you. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Ready to talk about some strong women. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, that's the whole point for bringing you two on. Me and Stu usually do a lot of the the talking on the podcast, but we felt this wasn't something we should be discussing on our own because it's not us who have to suffer or have our gender appropriated in, in, any, in any way. So it made sense to get to female voices on to talk about it. And this obviously all came from the reaction to the character of Abby in The Last of Us 2, who is being referred to as a buff woman and had a lot of reactions that she's not womanly enough or people couldn't tell if she was a man or a woman, some ridiculous notions aimed at it. So when it comes to women in video games, how do you, as women, feel when you see a lot of them? Because there's a lot of over over-sexualization amongst women, which doesn't matter whether they're meant to be strong or not. It's overly sexualized, or there's still that trope of them needing to be safe. So just generally, like as growing up as gamers, how have you seen women in games? Well, growing up, um, when I was a kid, there was next to no women in games. Mm, yeah, There was um, Lara Croft. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> There'd be like some of your female fighters and stuff like that in, you know, like Soul Calibur and Tekken, but they were kind of in the minority. And I don't know, I kind of felt always pushed to play as them just because, ooh, finally, oh, I get to play as my actual gender, which never happened growing up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would agree. I think one of, one of the things that I, I think obviously people have been really angry at the last of us part two and i think i'm actually quite impressed with what they were trying to do i think they were trying to bring quite a lot of voices to the table that just haven't really been there much before and um obviously it's it's not as you know it's not as bad as it as it was in the past but you know there's there's more and more and more female characters coming up but yeah definitely in the past you got your sort of skimpily clad lyra croft and people like that and uh, not really very many others, really. Like even, even the first game that I that I ever owned that other than Pokemon, and it took till the second gen to, of Pokemon to be able to play as a girl. Yeah. Um, but the first game I had was Diddy Kong Racing. And from the top of my head, there was only one female racer mm. in that game. It was the tiny mouse. Everyone else was a boy. Yeah, I was thinking about that actually. One of the big games that I used to play a lot when I was younger was Crash Team Racing, which yeah. recently has obviously had a remake and they've been putting more female characters in there, but I'm pretty sure the original roster just has one, maybe. And there's a few that people often thought were female, but they're not. There's, it's mainly a roster of... And there's like human characters even. They're just sort of, you know, different animals and like monsters and stuff, but there's still not much yeah. in the terms of even even as a monster we can't. Yeah, get even even that <laughs> way. Yeah, it's and um 
yeah, and one of one of my favorite games of all time, Spyro the Dragon. There are first yeah. game absolutely no female dragons whatsoever, and it's no. weird because you're sort of thinking, well, where do all where do all the dragons come, the from? come from? You know, um, like, and it was something that they hinted that they might address in the remake of, of Spyro as well, but it it never happened, and never I happens. think people were very yeah. disappointed with that actually in what was otherwise a really good remake that. It hadn't been brought forward a bit more into the current the current age, so yeah, you you don't really you don't really get that much in the in the nineties anyway. Um, when I was growing up, yeah. there was there wasn't really not that much. Um, and then even like as we're moving forward in two thousands, two thousand tens, and now the twenty twenties, there was more females in games, but they were usually you know highly sexualized, and as they've kind of been coming more into the 21st century, 22nd century and all this, like with the, with the representation, there's always backlash. Yes. Like, um, yeah. When Laura, when Laura Croft's character design changed. Yeah. Yeah. There was huge backlash. And when Tifa's design was apparently changed. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, they shrunk, they shrunk her boobs. And it's like, oh God, disaster. She's, (laughs) oh my God. First of all, you try wearing a sports bra and she needs to wear a sports bra if she's hitting all their moves. Yeah, definitely. I I think it often feels like outrage for the for the sake of outrage, but I don't know. I think it's maybe this perception that gaming is still primarily for men and so men yeah. need to be the people who are put in mind, but it's not so true anymore. And it probably wasn't even in the past. It's just that it's always been this very male dominated field hasn't it uh, yeah no because it's it's getting cool. sorry what what what's interesting there actually listening to you two talk about that is obviously you mentioned games in the in the 90s i grew up playing games in the 80s because i'm a little bit older than both of you and every bit of female representation i can remember in video games back there was saving the damsel in distress mm. obviously anita sarkeesian had spoken a lot about the damsel in distress trope and she nails it on a lot of occasions i I will say there's a few bits she says that i think i disagree with some of her blue sky opinions that she she wants from things but overall she nails it a lot of the time and growing up as a teenager i would see either i had to save the female character or when it did come to someone like lara croft and she was meant to be the, a stronger woman not oh well we've got a, a woman as a main protagonist it still felt she was aimed at me it was pure titillation it was the sexualized sexualization aimed at teenagers to get her to get to play her you know the rumors of Pete Coe yeah. that you could get her naked and things like that I'm not gonna yeah. Lie. <laughs> yeah. that's what I thought of. I'm not gonna lie as a, as, a, as a teenager I tried those cheat codes they never worked but you know it's the, it's <laughs> yeah. the, way, I, the way it I, goes I had someone I had someone show me the the glitch where her boobs got bigger. Yes, there was there was one of those as well where you could just make the pixels larger. And yeah, no, there was a lot of even in the nineties, a lot of that. You know, save the princess, save the woman, because even Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which has just gotten a recent remake. Uh, he has his overly sexualized girlfriend. Yeah, I know. Who after the first game is never mentioned. It again. looks really weird as well, doesn't it? Because Crash is like this little. You know, very cartoony, very goofy guy, and then you've got this very sexualized girlfriend character, it's, and it's really yeah. weird. Um, it's like it's like that scale of anth- anthropomorphic. Like yeah. he's more on the animal side, whereas she's moving more towards 
the human side, like she's very Lola Bunny in that aspect yeah, of like being definitely. very sexualized. Yeah. And it's uh, the the one thing I've noticed as well, uh, like with a lot of the backlash that happens on Twitter of late, and what surprises me, I, I grew up in an era where it's like we had to save women, and women mm. were the secondary characters; they were the prize. Uh, but a lot of the backlash seems to be coming from, not entirely, obviously, but a lot of it comes from younger men, boys, w- whatever, um, who I would have assumed would have been more in touch with what, not what the differences are in sexes, but, you know, the similarities we have and how the woman isn't the fairer sex and how gender doesn't matter as much. But it seems to be a lot of reactions from the younger age groups that really surprises me, whereas a lot of people from my generation whether they think certain or not, seem to be vocalising it a lot less. And that, that's, that's worrying for me that we're seeing younger people mm. attack how they are. Yeah, no, one, when I was thinking about this topic, one uh, example that came to mind that is still pretty recent is when they released the image of Huntress for Birds of Prey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, the promotional image had her, like, looking badass like she was she was you know in her huntress gear looking really cool and one image one tweet that kept going around was a comparison of her dressed in in a dress and then this one's like oh they've you know demasked defeminized her they've made her ugly and it's like hmm. you like uh, as a bi woman i'm looking at that photo going i, I want her to stand on me yeah. like, <laughs> she's still incredibly attractive like what like they're saying she's not attractive anymore but she is she's just looking yeah like stronger to fit the character mm. like you know you can't kick ass in a dress because you know you're gonna flash your knickers and yeah yeah like even even on a windy day a dress is awkward mm. yeah yeah definitely i think i think a, a lot of the maybe the um the sort of backlash from younger boys and men i i don't know if it's this thing around again sort of feeling like they they earn the like the sort of gaming and that specific type of game like the sort of you know zombie games and stuff which are sort of I think the ones that were more typically targeted at men I don't know if it's something to do with feeling like somebody is encroaching on what is their territory and if that makes sense yeah because a lot a lot of a lot of like games like the last of us would have a lot of backlash from men saying like oh it's a you know leftist agenda stuff pushing this because even even after um the uh, the comments came out about Laura Bailey. Uh, the head, yeah, the vice president of Naughty Dog, Neil Druckmann. He released yes all the hate that he'd been getting. Yes, and a lot of it was, you know, are you, you know, you're feminist. It was like attacking. I I, I saw this yeah. the other day. A lot of it was saying it was sort of insulting for being feminist. And yeah, radical fe- radical feminist scum and yeah. And hopefully COVID-19 kills your whole toxic yeah. feminist studio. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. And because they're upset, a video game, yeah. which is, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, the representations are very, very important. But to, to, to go and then attack the people who made it is just absolutely horrible. Um, yeah, no, it's, it, it's ridiculous because... Like, yeah, see, a lot of this kind of these same people who prescribe to these very right wing, very homophobic, transphobic and misogynistic kind of ideals, like 
they all kind of coincide together. And when a game like The Last of Us 2 comes out, which is very kind of progressive, even when it came to um, the accessibility options. Yes. Like a lot of people were really hyping that up. I haven't actually played The Last of Us 2. I'm one of the few people that was never pushed on The Last of Us, the first one. But um, through like seeing all the stuff that Laura Bailey's been told and everything, um, I've gathered like kind of bits and pieces of the like ending plot which have contributed to some of the remarks and um, that she received like it's like what the character she voiced did in the game apparently gave her like yeah caused a lot of the backlash as well oh just and it's just like just to jump i'll go off i'll get very wary about jumping in um what they yeah. might, might show um <laughs> anyway uh, one thing i want to point out the reaction to uh the way women are shown in the last of us too is almost like the game done a complete about face from what Last of Us was all about, mm. where it, it completely doesn't. When you play the last, the, the original Last of Us, and slight spoiler warning, there, there's a segment in there where Joel becomes completely inca- incapacitated and mm. Ellie has to fend for him. She has to go out, she has to hunt, she has to survive on her own yes, and make sure Joel can get through as well. And it's a really interesting part where it's flipped yeah. The whole, the whole sort of like gender stereotype, really, really well. So anyone who's going into Last of Us Part Two, you would assume has some knowledge of the first game, and if they've got knowledge of that first game, seeing a strong woman who isn't in distress or isn't as feminine as you would expect, you know, an it girl or something like that to be, shouldn't be as a shock. But they're treating it like it's a shock, and someone's taken their game away where it couldn't be any further from truth. It's just an expansion on what the first game was all about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sorry, you first. And like, I, no, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, and a big thing of it is how Abby is, like, hates Joel. But Joel is, by the end of the first game, Joel isn't really the good guy. Mm. In the in the, in the the grand scheme of things, like, he, uh, like, he is kind of the reason The Last of Us 2 exists. Yeah. yeah. So it's just kind of because even though I haven't finished it, I know the whole story of The Last of Us. And Joel, Joel's not a good guy. There's no no way about it. His heart's in the right place. Don't get me wrong. He's doing it out of love, but he's not a good guy. And and yet, like, so this one person who quite like I'm sure she has her reasons is against him, and they're like, "How dare she?" And she's not even a she. Look at those giant muscles. And once people started pointing out that women can look like Abby. Like, there was one um, showing the tweet of um, the person she's based off uh, of. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's uh, with herself, is, isn't she? Yeah, so. yeah Colleen Foch. Like, she's she looks exactly like that with those ripped muscles. And then they started backtracking and go, oh, but it's in a post-apocalyptic world. Like, you couldn't get those muscles in a post-apocalyptic world. It's like, maybe you couldn't. First of all, there's different body types across all genders. Yeah. Um, that gain muscle quicker or lose it or put on weight in a particular way and second of all if you've got the dedication like she's she has to thrive for herself yeah so you know there's no laying around watching tv in the middle of a pandemic like we all are yeah oh, there you know at the same time you, you, it's uh, the suspension of disbelief that people have uh with certain things if you look back at loss and what that did mm. and People were able to accept that Hurley was able to continue gaining weight on a, an abandoned island where there was apparently so next to no food. Yeah. 
Yeah. But we can't accept that someone can continue to gain muscle in a post-apocalyptic yeah. world where we don't know the full backstory of what's available and what's not and what they've done to train to get into those positions. It's, yeah, it, it, I find when people want to suspend belief, it's always to suit some kind of agenda that they've mm. got to have. And it's just, it's, it's draining for me as a man seeing it. And I'm just going, I want to say we're not all like that, but when you hear not all men as a defense mechanism Mm. i can't even defend myself because it's the same is you know in a in an ideal world all lives matter for example should be a phrase that that is right because yes everyone's life is equal and should be equal and in in the ideal world that would be true but in the world we live in all lives matter is a right wing appropriated statement that is designed to put down people of color and other minorities and it's yeah. the same. Not all men is a way of trying to defend all men when not all of us are, well, none yeah. of us are perfect for a start. Um, and, but there are a lot of predators out there that we didn't even consider predators. So not all men just doesn't count anymore. So I feel awkward seeing it. So I, I, I can't even begin to imagine how women feel when they hear those sorts of statements and defences of the way women are shown and treated in video games. Yeah, see, when I hear not all men, I'm like, yeah, but it's almost always a man that's saying it or doing it. So can you blame us for the law of averages to just be like, be wary? Because in every aspect, we're wary. Like, I suffer from insomnia and a great thing to do. Some A man actually suggested, why don't you go on a walk? And this was at about mm-hmm. 10, yeah. 11 o'clock at night. It's not really. And I was like, I was like, yeah, you want a disabled woman to go walking around in a urban setting yeah. at eleven o'clock at night on her yeah, own. My my family would never <laughs> let me never let me do that. No. <laughs> no, it's a complete misunderstanding of, of what it is. It's again, I've never walked through a, a town centre or down a dark street and felt that my life is at risk in any way, shape, or form. But mm. I'm not a woman, so I don't know what it's like. You know, my partner, um, she she's on the larger side. And when I hear people go, oh, you know, women who are, who are raped and things like that, that, you know, they shouldn't dress how they're doing and mm. they shouldn't be this, they shouldn't do that. You know, my partner isn't what you would say traditionally beautiful or desirable in the traditional sense of how, how the, the women are represented in yeah. the media. Yeah. But that doesn't mean she's not a target. Because people her size and so on and so forth have been targeted in the past. They have been raped. They have been attacked. So, and it's just because she's a woman. And yeah. Yeah. it's there in life. And I, 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 Again, it's one of the things I despise as a man is when I hear other men going, well, I, it's not a problem for me. Yeah, because yeah. it's not. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, I think that the anger that has come out of this has been really revealing as to, you know, just how many people uh, are just so I don't know so sort of misogynistic I guess I guess yeah. is the word um like it's yeah. the amount of anger and the fact that so many of those people feel so it's sort of a, a vicious cycle really because if you think about it they they put these strong women in video games and then it's released lots of people get angry about it lots of men get angry about it they get angry about their game being taken away from them and stuff which is an absolute load of rubbish it's just like they're they're still human capable human beings and really you know and then 
these same people go and attack a, a woman who who has played those characters um it's not just being the women that have been attacked but you know laura bailey particularly got a lot of horrible horrible abuse and it's basically just a cycle going around of violence against women over and over again and they try to break that cycle and you know they just keep getting abuse held at them and it's 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 really sad because i think the game you know it might not have been to everybody's taste and i know that it's not it's not necessarily been the most well received game for from the public at least uh, but i do i am impressed with what they were trying to do not just in terms of of including the female characters more as well but in terms of what they were trying to do with the story how they were trying to make you see the different sides of people having you play as different characters and sort of showing their experiences and not just you know, I, I feel like it was a good thing that they were trying to do, but it's just sort of been lost among all of this controversy that has come out. Come about. Um, and I think it is really sad. And it, it sort of reinforces the same points that we were just talking about, about, you know, women not feeling safe in, in, in certain spaces. How can they be when a woman just, you know, voice act, acts a female character and she gets held with abuse for that character even though she's she's not that character she's not she didn't she write didn't her, write she, her. Didn't like... she is not her she's just doing a job and yeah you know and even to the people who did write it like they were they were trying to, i think they were trying to do something good and from for a big triple a game that's a really it's it's good that that they are trying to do that they're trying to break away from the stereotypes and they have a lot of influence. So I think I was, you know, it's very sad for me that all of this has sort of come about um, because I think their good intentions have been somewhat lost among all of this controversy. They, yeah. What what What's interesting with regards to it and the reaction Laura Bailey got through things but be almost going back to uh, Rebecca's point on Birds of Prey uh, uh, and films, the reaction to Linda Hamilton in Terminator 2 was nowhere near that. She was, uh, you know, she went from an absolutely vulnerable trope in yeah. the first Terminator film to an absolute badass in the second one. Now, don't get me wrong, she still has a couple of damsel in distress moments within that film, which are a, sh- a shame, but on the whole... She's strong, she's powerful, she's the leader, she's the saviour of the world, not John Connor. He's not the saviour of the world, she's the saviour of the world because she helps him survive. And that was a really interesting point. And she, there was a massive positive reaction to her, as a, uh, to Linda Hamilton's character in The Terminator. And it then got me thinking to other films. And one of the ones that I think is going to go down as probably one of the most important films in recent history and it's the one film I look at where I don't think there was any that I noticed majorly female trope within in the film is uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, where, okay, there's not a huge representation of, fe- of women in that film, but you've got Gwen, Spider-Gwen, and apart from the outfit being pink, black, and white, but it's, just, it's an awesome outfit, I don't care. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really cool outfit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's probably the most yeah. stereotypical thing that has got pink in it and women wear pink, but mm. so, so, so but bit, I so bit with that. Was Spider-Gwen, like, predate that, and that would yeah. have been, yeah, I think she, was she? Like, yeah, Spider-Gwen was originally a comic book series, so they couldn't just yeah 
that began February 2015 and Into the Spider-Verse was out in... It was after that. Any- yeah, yeah, that was... Yeah. yeah. 2018. Yeah, and it, to be fair, it's a brilliant costume. I, 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 if I, if I, if I could do it, I'd wear it because it's just that damn good. Um, but yeah. she, at no point, is there a damsel in distress moment mm. in that film for her. Um, she, in fact, actually does a couple of bits of being the saviour at times. Mm. She's not sexualized within that film. The only kind of moments where you look at and go. There's a bit of something. It's more awkwardness on both sides. It's more to do with an age thing, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. But she's not overly sexualized. And but isn't it, isn't she like a teen though as well? Like I'd I'd hope she like she isn't overly sexualized. But at the same time, that is not unheard of. No, it's never yeah, stopped true. people before. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's like there was recently someone on Twitter. They're the younger daughter of one of the founders of Rooster Teeth. Yeah. Mm. And she is, she was 15 at the time of the photographs and they've been photoshopped to be sexualized. Yes. Yeah. But go, that, go back, Eve, go back to Kick-Ass and Hit Girl in there. She's a, yeah. not a pre-teen, no, not quite a pre-teen. She's, I think she is just a, an early teenager in there. And there's a sexualization to her mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, with Into the Spider Verse, Spider Gwen, I think absolutely amazing character. I, I love the comic books as well, um, and it's something I, I'll make sure my daughter reads as she grows up. But also, Aunt May in that film, in the previous Spider Man films, Aunt May's a bit of a uh, a weak character. She's she yeah. gives a bit of mm-hmm. advice, but she's a weak character. He needs. But to... I but I will I will say she's getting younger and younger. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which is it is a bit weird. Like she's all like I grew up with the cartoons on TV, and she was always an old woman. And in um, Insomniac's game, she's an older woman. Yeah. And um, granted, they're making Spider Peter Parker himself younger and younger, but it's still like she's still being portrayed by younger and younger women, or at least being perceived to be like that. Be kind of around the same age but they're made to look younger and younger and younger and this you know sexy aunt that he has in the mcu one yeah there's i that really took me aback i didn't know who she was to start with Mm. i'm like what no (laughs) oh mate no no not happening um yeah but in in spider-verse it's what's brilliant is even her She's prepared. She knows what's ready to come. She's got this whole yeah, yeah. underground lab feed. Obviously, he's probably built with the aid of her Peter Peter Parker and stuff like that. But she's prepared. She yeah. knows all about it. She's in the know. Yeah. And she that, that, that was that was cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it, she was just like, I've lived through all of this. I've got it. To- like, totally <laughs> flipped the expectations on its head. Absolutely brilliant. But. I watched that entire film and they could have gone down a complete sort of love interest, love story type thing between the two, which is hinted at, but not in a way that she's the object of his desire. And yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, I think that when you look back at that, that's going to be a real turning point in terms of it's, again, it's the only film I can think of that I've seen where the idea isn't about having strong women or a film based around women, where the woman in the film is as strong as any single male character. And I think, yeah, I think that's going to be a massive vital point of when we look back going, yeah, that's where it changed. That's where actually it went mainstream and it changed. Yeah, but tenor bets, a sequel will come and there will be a lot more of a romantic 
vibe between them because mm. that's just always what happens. Like um, the last Hobbit film, I hated it simply because of the shoehorned love plot. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. There has to has that... to be something like that in there, doesn't there? Um. Oh yeah, for for all the girlfriends who their boyfriends forced yeah, them to be, yeah. force them to go, you know, like not because you know a girl may have read the Hobbit and is sitting there going none of this happened in any of his books yes, at all yeah it's speaking going back to spider-man actually i did quite like the way that the the insomniac game um dealt dealt with um just the whole story and the way that i don't know there's you you have you play as sort of all different characters you play as mj at some points who is this uh this determined sort of investigator almost and get and guess what? Those same boys who uh, hate on the Last of Us too. Guess what? Their least favorite part of yeah. Spider Man was. I enjoyed it because I had to think out of the box because I didn't have my superpowers. Yes, anymore. that's it. It really, yeah. You you get these different sections for different characters, and then there's the parts where you play as Miles Morales, and which is which is really cool as well. Um, oh yeah, and I I really liked the way it dealt it sort of dealt with all of the characters and. Um, Aunt May again was yeah, a really cool cause, character. Because pl- playing as, sorry, um, just want to make the point that playing as MJ was kind of like the bridge between the two. Yeah. Uh, because Miles Morales was, you know, had no powers, but he was also completely clueless as to what was going on. Whereas Mary Jane doesn't have powers, but she knew what was going on. She had like lived this kind of life. She knew who Spider-Man was. So she kind of had a wildness to her. And then you've got like the full on spidey you know being able to kind of know what's going on and also have superpowers yeah and so it was a nice bridge she's and and she's sort of constantly she's she's being told to some respect you know stay out of this you'll gain danger but she just wants to do the right thing and and that that Mm. uh, character was quite refreshing for me you know she wasn't and also the fact that their sort of relationship in the game the relationship between mj and Peter Parker is one that's not it's 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 a difficult relationship that they have and it's not and she's not entirely included on the basis that she is just his love interest or whatever she does have her own her own story and um yeah I really liked that and I I was quite surprised when I was playing the game and it came to these parts where I was playing as a different character I thought wow this is this is cool I thought I would just be you know Spider-Man for the full thing but it's not just that and in a game that's sort of about a superhero, that's quite cool. It's sort of showing that it, the ordinary people, as it were, can sort of be really important too. It's not just about sort of really powerful guy character. Um, yeah, but other people also have a big role to play in in a lot of because even even um, even though you don't get to play as her, Aunt May, come back to Aunt May. She shows that the ordinary person could do a lot as well because she, you know you know started up the whole like uh shelter and like feeds people and runs the whole thing and it's clearly like she's she's amazing um yeah yeah. oh yeah she does it all without without the superpowers without the acknowledgement as well yeah it is absolutely outstanding and the subtleness in that writing is actually a lot better than i think i first gave it credit for when i played the game so yeah Mm. absolutely brilliant that yeah no i'm just like I love that we are seeing more of this diversity and more of this like positive female representation without it being overly sexualized or them being the damsel in distress. I'm just so worried that this backlash yeah. on The Last of Us is going to 
like kind of scare yeah. some developers off. So, yeah. it's going to happen at some point because she's going to be introduced to the MCU without a doubt. I, I, I can see that happening. And I reckon we might see her introduced into a game in some fashion. I don't know how. Which, Spider-Gwen? No. Miss Marvel. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. that's that's going to be really, I think, going to be the tipping point one way or the other because she ticks a lot of boxes. That, we'll call them what they are, the far right types, the homophobes, the, the racists, all of them. Yeah, she's, she's just going to be a massive target. And that's going to yeah. be interesting to see what that does. Because, again, I've read those those comics, the uh, the reintroduction. And, mm. it, again, outstanding. Her story is absolutely amazing to read. But I think, you know, I think there's been rumours of her coming to the MCU for, for, for a little while now. Um, and if she proves popular there, then she's going to be introduced into one of the games or even get her own game. But... Again, yeah. what do you see as being the reaction to her, that she's not just a woman, she's not just a strong woman, she's also a minority immigrant at the same time? Oh, those, those, those boys are not going to like it. Yeah. They, And when I say those boys, I mean the, the type of, of boys that are lashing out because a woman has muscles or a woman is gay mm. or a woman beats up the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> and you know sends death threats to the voice actress just because of it mm-hmm. they because i met i think there was a lot of backlash when her character uh, kamala khan was first announced as being in yes. the comics whereas you know we had two sides one pe- one side going yay representation this is great which i was on the side of i was like oh cool a superhero who's an immigrant and like yeah and is a woman as well because You'll always find they'll dip into people of color first with a black with uh, a boy. Yeah, just like with Miles Morales, it, like, it's, they it's, will not. Bizarrely, it's safe to do that. It's a yeah. safer option. Yeah, it's it's the safer option. Like like okay, we're gonna give them a boy, but he's a person of color. Don't make it a woman and a person yeah. of color first yeah. off, because that's just giving them two bits of ammunition to throw at you. Whereas they just like hand off the one first and see how they deal with it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 to be honest with you as well, and this is it, it's not a defense. I don't blame the creators at times because, yeah, the backlash you that you get. Yeah. Can be you don't want you don't you don't want no one wants to receive death threats. No, no one wants, wants to. to like the stuff they've put all their hard work into not sell well because certain people and then having like the reviews bombed and everything. Like I don't blame them. It's, a, it's just that is a fear that stuff will like it will impede some people on working on stuff like that because and giving female representation and stuff because they're like we need like if we want to make more games and you know have a livelihood we're gonna have to concede a little bit and it's just sad but you see as you see as well the different reactions to men and, and women when it comes to their own personal opinions now both of these people to me are absolutely reprehensible as much as I've enjoyed their back catalogue, I will never do Etsy or read or watch anything of theirs moving forward. But you look at the reaction to J.K. Rowling and yeah. Gramlinum. Oh. Gramlinum, yeah. yeah, he's got a little bit of, oh, my God, what are you doing, blah, 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 and he's been banned from Twitter. J.K. Rowling has the abuse she's got. And, I don't, you know, it's not defending her opinions. I think she's utter scum for what she said, as much as mm. I think Gramlinum's utter scum for what he said. 
but he's got off pretty lightly and is still given tons of attention. Mm. Um, and yeah. I don't haven't seen I haven't seen him being cancelled or anything yet across things. Whereas J.K. Rowling has had death threats, she's had rape threats, she's everyone's cancelling her, and it's just much worse because she's a woman with those views. I, I think it's partially because she was a woman and partially because of what she had written, Harry Potter. It was such a strong connection to so many people's childhood yeah. that people wouldn't have the same connection to the stuff that Gary Gary had written, Glennard written, like like Father Ted. Like, yeah, I'm Irish. I love I love Father Ted. It's great. He's he's an asshole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but when it came to Harry Potter, like I don't have stuff related to Father Ted covering my walls and my well, you're not a real you know Irish I mean? person, are you, then? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, may I point out that it was made in the UK? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, whereas I have, you know, Gryffindor bedspread, yeah. I, for my 25th birthday, I went to the Harry Potter studios in London and had like a transcendental experience. Yeah. I think it's not just that she's a woman, it's that her fans feel betrayed. I think, I think part of the, the reason it's so, Harry Potter specifically is such a, a, a hard blur to take is because it was it it was this escapist sort of experience. It's really mm. this it's this magical world where you would think anything should be possible in a lot of ways, and yet there is this very determined blocking by J.K. Rowling, you know, of mm. trans rights and and I think one of the reasons that particularly sort of hurts is because you you can tell in quite a few ways that J.K. Rowling sort of trying to been trying to shoehorn things that she thinks are progressive into her own work so lots mm. of things have come out you know she you know at one point she After said Dumbledore is gay but you're not going to see any of that because you know she she doesn't feel she wants to commit enough to that point that that it will actually oh, be, uh, and uh, be there that, what, what was one of the ones she said that um before the invention of plumbing wizards yes. just magicked away their poo yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, the way that she's she's been you know, dropping these facts here and here and there about you know different characters and you know this character is is gay and stuff like that. And when this sort of stuff comes out about you know her her real views, you do get this very big feel feeling that she has just been doing what she thinks is best for her and not really had anybody's real interests at heart in in what she's been writing, which is really sad because for a lot of people, Harry, uh, me included, Harry Potter been such yeah. an escape for, for so long and to have it ruined slightly to have it tarnished by yeah uh, the, the author no, being this way is, is really quite upsetting like jk rowling's sort of writing like harry potter was a big introduction to many things for me it was it was what got Same. me into reading in the first place exactly and, literally yeah it was it was it was what spared me to start reading and stuff and it's it's been the same for a lot of people in the you know in the twenties, like I I, th I think Harry Potter came the first book came out a few years after I was after I was born, and I, I grew up with it. I it's and you know to have it taken away in some small way is well not small, but I there's there's yeah. this continuous debate about whether you can separate the the art from the artist. Um, yeah, and I get that is a really sticky point in a lot of ways. Some people say no because let's face it. 
<clears throat> JK Rowling is, is worth it, a huge amount of money. Um, a huge amount of money. And do you want to keep on contributing to yeah, her yeah. to her wealth? Um, you know, it's it's this it's this really difficult point to uh to get past. Can you no. can you separate them? I think you need to no. take your own personal stance when it comes out. I don't think there is ever any right answer. No, there's no me. right answer, is there? No, I took the stance of, okay, look, I loved Father Ted. I loved the it crowd bar a couple of questionable episodes. Mm. And on the whole, I really liked them. Now, I'm not gonna, that's not going to suddenly change the fact that I enjoyed them and I would yeah. watch them if I saw them, but I'm not going to take part in anything he does in the future. Mm. jk rowling I, I haven't read the novels i'm not i'm gonna admit that but i've watched the film um, yeah. which is even a step removed ironically yeah. enough because yeah. she you know she didn't make the films that was other people but still it's still her well, she, well, she was she was executive producer yeah. on it though but she again it's her creation still and you know what they're yeah. fine films i will still watch them it's uh, i can separate to that but if she writes another book moving forward or another film comes out based on her properties do you know what no, no, now I won't. So I think that's where, for me, that's where I do We're the separation. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> they have been going downhill. The last, um, the last Fantastic Beasts uh, film was, beast, was just uh, great. I just thought it was a bit of a shambles, really. I, I, it was, it was pointless and aimless, and I was sad because I did quite like the first one when it came out. I thought it was quite, quite mm. charming, and but then the more it goes on, the more you think she's trying to sort of milk it for all it's worth um and without much real regard for any sort of i mean there were people pointed out some inaccuracies in the in in the film as well like professor mcgonagall appears in the second fantastic beast film and i'm pretty sure people worked out that she would have only been a child at that point or something yeah so like it very much feels like and to be fair, like if she is if she is just milking it and the quality is getting getting worse and worse, it's much easier to distance yourself from what she's going to do in the future because you don't feel like you're gonna be missing out you're on anything. On anything. So for me, um that makes it a lot easier to if yeah. if, if they're going to get worse then that's then you know, I, I don't have to feel like I'm missing out on anything. Contributing, yeah. Um so really I don't mind. She can keep producing the you know worst quality stuff and i won't really be bothered by it anymore um yeah but it is sad it's sad to see some yeah. of you she was she was a she was a hero to me as a child like an absolute hero yeah. like and especially when you hear all this all the time about a sort of rags to riches story she was she was very very poor she was you know she was a single mother on benefits she was struggling to heat her house she was struggling to feed herself a lot of the time and you know, it was it was almost sort of this Cinderella story that she she made this magical world and it made her one of the most famous authors in the world. But and that was that was quite a that's quite an appealing story for a lot of people. It's like it's like that adage, die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And that is exactly what has happened with JK Rowling. That is the end of part one of our discussion around women and their representation in video games. Look out for part two.